Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Grant and Danny on the fan. Wanting to thank you for listening as always. It's Tuesday, January 3rd, 2023. My brother Ryan's birthday. Happy birthday, Rhino. I got to fire off a text to old charge. Make sure that he's feeling good and loved on his birthday today. Got a huge show set up for you. We are going to have Sal Capaccio on at 245. Kedrick Olsen will stop by at 5 as we will discuss the ongoing, brutal, devastating story out of Buffalo where last night's game with the Cincinnati Bengals was halted with one of the most tragic scenes in sports history. We're going to get into that in just a few minutes, and we will uh, pay it its due today because I think it is a serious, important issue that needs to be uh, covered in a uh, respectful way today on the show. So we're going to do that. We also have plenty of commander's conversations, which all of a sudden seems way less significant, doesn't it? Uh, That will come your way today. We are a steakhouse. We will serve you some steak. So we will talk about the unveiling of a new mascot. We didn't get into that yesterday. The fact that Dan Snyder's claiming that he lives in England. His primary residence is England, as it's always been, apparently. What? Yeah, I don't know, dude. <laughs> he lives in London It's now? just different for billionaires. You know what I mean? Where it's just like, I live in London. Do you? Totally. Primary like, residence? I guess. You, didn't, you, didn't you just spend $50 million on a place in Alexandria overlooking the water? You haven't sold your Potomac Mansion yet where you got the, the Parks and Rec guy fired for... Try not not let you cut down all the trees. Don't you have another house somewhere in the U.S.? England, totally. Also, in the 5 o'clock hour at 525, they got to start Sam Howell. No ifs, no ands, no buts. Start Sam Howell this weekend. We'll ask you to make a case for Carson Wentz or Taylor Heineke, but I, I just don't know how anyone could in a lost game, in a lost season, with nothing on the line. But it is Tuesday, which means Commander's Survivor. Thanks, big voice guy. What's up, big voice guy? You won't just keep talking. A commander survivor. It's time. That's the drill. Here's what you're going to do. Facebook.com slash Grant and Danny. You're going to Facebook. You're voting a player off the island. Here's the problem for you. You're debating between your two favorite players on the team, probably. (sighs) Deron Payne's immune. He had two sacks, so he'd probably be immune anyway just by voting. Here's who you're voting between. Terry McLaurin and John Allen. Enjoy that. Faces of this franchise, the guys given the most important speeches, the dudes whose jerseys are getting sold and are most popular at FedEx Field, best player on the offense, best player on the defense. One of the two is going home today. You're voting a player off the island. It's facebook.com slash Grant and Danny. Either McLaurin or Allen goes home. The other advances to the finals to take on Deron Payne in week 18. Depends on what minute of the day you're asking me this question but I think I just voted my favorite player off like I think I'm, I'm looking at his jersey right now and he's awesome and thank goodness he's ours 
He's just a grown-ass man. Anytime you need something done right, said right, done correctly, you go to this guy. And I just voted him off. I hate this part of the year. I hate it. Everything you just said, you could be talking about either one of the two. Exactly. Isn't that the whole point? That's the point. Point of the dude's story right there. I don't like this part. I like the early part. I like when I got my personal vendettas, guys that I'm annoyed with all the time, guys that don't play. It's easy for the first five, six, seven, eight, sometimes ten weeks of the season. This is not easy. Payne picked a really good time to get immunity last week. Although, again, two sacks, he might have been safe anyway. He'd be fun. Had the best performance probably of anyone on the team this past week as he got to 11 and a half sacks for the season. McLaurin, by the way, two catches, 25 yards. And unfortunately for John Allen, he got hurt in the first half of the game. But again, go vote. Facebook.com slash Grant and Danny will update the vote. We'll keep the conversation on Survivor going throughout the day. Which brings us, Danny, to the tragedy of last night. Yeah. Absolutely devastating scene. Damar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills, still as we speak right now, last update in critical condition, suffered cardiac arrest as the Bills-Bengals game, much anticipated, hailed as not only the game of the weekend, but the game of the year, was halted and has since been postponed. The NFL announcing today that it will not be made up at any point this week. They have not made any other announcements about the game. But the game has become almost irrelevant as we wait to find out what is going to happen with DeMar Hamlin, who had to have his heartbeat restored on the field. CPR at an NFL game for an NFL player in the middle of the field after making a tackle, Danny. It was a frightening scene. The initial moment was was as routine a football play. There was no, ooh, because it was a massive collision. There was no, oh, my God, is he okay? Right? It, I, I'd gone, I chalked it up. T. Higgins, reception, first down, Cincinnati. What's happening next? I think I even looked down or I looked away, you know, whether I picked up my phone or something like that. And then there's a stoppage. There's a man down on the field. Oh, you think maybe it's you know something you know, nowhere near the significant, obviously. And then all of a sudden, the tone changed, and it was different. They come back from break, and, and Joe Buck is sounds as somber as I've ever heard him. Says there's not much to say right now. Well, you know, we'll be right back. And then you sort of you sort of sense this is different. And you're going, maybe, maybe the collision was just so and, and it was head to head. And you hate to see that. And obviously that's terrifying. But man, I mean, you didn't think it was this. That I mean, you'd pick out a thousand hits a week that seem more gruesome than, than, than that one. It was definitely physical and it was definitely violent. But in a physical and in a violent game, Mm -hmm. it's very common, right? I mean, T. Higgins, the wide receiver for the Bengals, finished the play, basically. He he catches a little crosser. He lowers his helmet. He barrels into a defender to try to be the aggressor. A couple extra yards, yeah. And he did a football thing, right? And tragically, after the tackle by Hamlin, he stands up. And I watched it in real time. And he stands up like everything is fine. Yeah. And then he was almost out on his feet. The way I described it to my wife is like in the cartoons where you're kind of like circling before you fall. And he kind of like wobbled almost in a full circle and then drops to the ground in a way where you knew, okay, this is petrifying because his head just hit the ground. Like he, he didn't stop himself. Right. And I thought he passed out. My initial thought, like everyone else's, was maybe it was head-to-head contact and he's knocked out or whatever. And I hate saying what I'm about to say because it it does really crystallize and, and 
put into perspective maybe that we all need to recalibrate how we view injuries in football with these human beings? I think last night really did bring that to the forefront, didn't it? Yeah. But when he went down and we had all the players come out and gather around him, I thought to myself, he must have lost feeling right now in his limbs or whatever, but you've seen this dozens of times. Yeah. Player will get carted off. Player will go to the hospital. Player will will we'll find out in an hour from Elisa Salter's sideline report. Hey, they're at the local hospital. They're moving their arms and legs. They're expecting the full recovery. And he'll play in a few weeks, maybe. Like that's I think what a lot of us are immediately processing. Then ESPN goes to the first break. They come back. Nothing to say. Second break. I believe they went to three breaks total. Mm-hmm. And it really wasn't until they came back. Because Aikman and Buck weren't really saying anything. And Joe Buck just kind of kept saying, hey, there's nothing to add. At that point, I think your radar starts to go off, right? Where you're going, okay, this is abnormal. This is longer than Yeah, normal. this ain't routine anymore. Then Lisa Salters does a report where she talks about he's been down for nine minutes. And as she's talking... They, you start to see players now crying. You can't see him, thank God, and what's going on, because everyone's gathered around. Yeah. But now players are sobbing, and grown men are leaning on each other's shoulders, and you know something is not right. And at that point, I'm sitting on my couch with my wife, and we're legit scared. We're like, what is going on here? When Joe Buck says, and this is some 11, 12 minutes after the injury, mm-hmm. the letters C and P and R. It changed the whole night, didn't it? Yes, it did. Because he said they are performing CPR on the field. CPR and and football don't go together, sir. ACL, football, check. Achilles, football, check. They're doing CPR. Right then and there, I think everyone's stomachs just drop and and nothing matters. You immediately hearken back if you're, you know, my age or even you know a little bit older, maybe a couple years younger. You remember some of these moments, right? Because, again, it, it went from, as you said, and you hate to trivialize it, but a, a more routine football injury and these violent you know, uh, car wrecks and contacts that these guys will get in. You initially think that's what it is, and then, and then as you, you're right, as soon as Joe Buck said that, I immediately, my first thought, 1990, March, Hank Gathers on the court. Then it goes to Reggie Brown from the Detroit Lions in 1997 when I was a senior in high school. Um, he had a collision against the Jets where he basically fractured his spinal cord and wasn't breathing on the field, CPR. All these things come running through your mind that aren't part of what you're supposed to be tuning in for. You know, it's like you're you're we we escape with these incredible athletes that can do more than anybody could five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, etc. They're so big, they're so fast, they're so strong, they're so tough, and in in their in their pads and their uniforms and everything is just so they look invincible, right? That, that, that's how they look. The the little guys are taking on big guys in the hole and three hundred pound fullbacks like uh, Patrick Ricard, the dude from the Ravens, and and Kyle Uzcheck are you know thumping skulls and three hundred thirty pound linemen run four sixes and, and this game is has changed so dramatically and the skill sets of these guys is unbelievable and it snaps you out of it where you go. Oh my God! This is this is the the life of a kid. And then everyone's finding out about this guy 
more and more, and you're going, yeah, you know, before he had any money, he started this toy uh, charity for kids, and he stayed at home in Pittsburgh because he had a two-year-old brother, and he wanted that kid to wa- to grow up watching him uh, locally, be able to see him on TV, and, and you find out how wonderful a guy he is, and there's this outpouring of support across all different sports and across the, the, the globe, really, for this guy and for his family. It becomes something totally different, and there's no good way to handle it. There just isn't. Folks on ESPN, I think, did as good a job as you possibly could have without any information, without any updates. Yeah, I want to commend Lisa Salters first and foremost, who I thought was incredible. Uh, In a really bad, awful situation, she was perfect and and her hand never shook. Uh, I thought Scott Van Pelt and Ryan Clark, after the Monday Night Football broadcast on SportsCenter, were marvelous in one of the more difficult broadcasting situations you can be put in, and I'm sure in both of their broadcasting lives. I thought ultimately, you know, as I was sitting there, like the the, the entire night felt massive right away. Mm-hmm. It was almost like, I don't have a better way to describe this, but almost like out of body where I was watching live and thinking, in 30 years I'm going to be seeing this video. I'm going to be seeing this footage of them going back to Susie Kolber with Schefter and Booger, who, by the way, was amazing last night. Friend of the show, Booger McFarlane. But you know, you think about, like, the... Um, remember the earthquake in California during the World the Series? The World Series, sure. And how many times have you seen that footage of, basically, the World Series doesn't matter anymore because this thing is happening, yeah. right? I think of the finals in the O.J. Simpson chase. You know, again, that, that is iconic, legendary footage of this game has taken, like, secondary... Meaning, we're cutting into this because this thing is going on. And, and this was very, very different. We're talking about life and death and and someone who we found out was fighting for their life on the field. And it, as of right now, is in intensive care, in critical condition. And we're all hoping for the best possible outcome here and health and a speedy full recovery for DeMar Hamlin. But as I was watching that, it did feel like a... When I'm someone's grandpa, I will remember this night moment. You There's just, a before and after. You don't live a whole lot of those, right? Yep. You just don't. And last night was one. You, you will always remember where you were and what you did that day and what you were wearing. It was surreal. And I, I guess what was so hard for me was I've always heard people say things like, you know, Someone's going to die on the field. And I, I probably have even said those words myself. I think at a, a press conference a few years ago, Roger Goodell said it's one of his biggest you know, fears. And I hope that's not what happened. Like, ho- Hopefully he pulls through. But in the, I, I just don't know how many people have actually thought about the words actually being a reality. Yeah. It's easy to say. You know, it's uh, easy different to just when say, you oh, see it. Yeah. anytime you take the field... These guys are playing, and they're putting their lives on the line. You hear that a lot, like these modern-day gladiators. I don't know how many people actually really have ever taken time. I know I really don't take enough time to think about that every play, something like this could happen. And and it wasn't even a head-to-head collision or paralysis or the kind of things I'm sure players prepare themselves for. And that's what I think of. This seems like it was a really freak thing that happened. And there was a, a, a young man locally who was playing college lacrosse. Um, at Cornell, I believe, went to Landon, who the freakiest thing in the world, just the exact right, or, or in this case, wrong, forget the word choice, 
when the ball struck him in the chest, heart stopped, and that was it instantly, and it, and he was gone. And that story rocked all of us here in in you know the, the, the DC area, right? Where you just you hear about it, you're like, what? That that's not even one in a trillion. It that's one happen. in what that can't happen. And again, I don't. I'm not. I'm not a doctor. I have no idea what happened there. I, I've seen enough people say they think it's this. Yeah, and I don't want to speculate. Nobody should. I'll tell you what a cardiologist I saw on ESPN said today. There's no way to know right now what happened, Mm -hmm. number one. So anyone who says that they know, I think, is is wrong. But there are possibilities, Mm -hmm. right? One of which is maybe he had an undiagnosed condition. There there are all kinds of things. Again, we we aren't going to speculate. But if someone's telling you definitively they know what happened and they're not in that hospital room, I'm not sure if I would listen to him just yet. Yeah, so uh, take your time there. But it it it's again it, the it seemed on the innocuous side of of hits and collisions, right? Imagine being T Higgins in the you know last night, right? Like I thought about that a lot. All, all, all and again, he, he obviously it's former concern with Tamar Hamlin, but like all Higgins did was a really good thing. Did a really good football play. Like did everything he's ever been coached to do. Everything was exactly right. He got the first down. He's breaking for extra yardage. Realizes that the play is pretty much over. He's, you know, caught nowhere else to go. You lower your shoulder. You get three more, right? You finish the play as everybody forever has been wont to do. And it resulted in this life-changing tragedy. You know, like I just, I, I, my heart goes out to him and obviously to Hamlin and and, uh, and his family. Yeah, so Hamlin, first and foremost, gets my attention. Of course. For obvious reason. And then his mother and father and brother, right? His direct family and then all of his loved ones. Because I can't even fathom what they're going through today. And the unbelievable juxtaposition of, you know, watching this Pittsburgh native who worked his butt off to get drafted in the sixth round and then became a starter this year, and you're going to the stadium to, to watch him play on the road against last year's Super Bowl rep. And I mean, you know how excited we were. You, me, and yeah. Ryan were talking about that game every break all day long at B-Dubs yesterday. Can you imagine what the family going to the game is thinking with a you know a brother, a son, a, a, a loved one playing in that game mm-hmm. and and to go from that and him making the tackle and hearing his name on the loudspeaker and jumping up and down clapping to now having to find out he's fighting for his life and you're running down a ramp to go get in a, an ambulance hopefully none of us will ever experience anything like that right as a parent i can't even think about it but the the other thought i did have last night a lot was the other players on the field mm-hmm. you know how how do you ever become the version of yourself from before that moment again? I mean, there's going to need to be some real work done by the league and by these teams. And I'm serious about, like, I don't know what, I'm not a professional, and I'm not going to pretend to be one today. I don't know if that's therapy or that's trauma or treatment. I mean, people have careers in these fields that, that would be able to tell you. Mm-hmm. But you're not supposed to to see your best friend die. or suffer an injury that leads to him having to be resuscitated and go to the hospital and for you to spend time where you think that he might. And hopefully it's a full recovery and he's back in the facility playing ping pong with these guys in two weeks, right? But whatever that was is not supposed to happen as evidenced by how they reacted on the field. Yeah. Everyone keeps saying, I don't know how they're going to play next week. It co-signed how are they going to play in a month I don't I don't know yeah I don't know what you do I, I'm not even talking about that I I don't know 
how you even just pick up the pieces in life. And I've said this a lot about like parents that lose kids. I don't know how you put one foot in front of the other. I don't know how you function. I, and I, I just pray that I never have to, to deal with that. But that's all I could think about last night. Other than him and his family was all the players. Like, they just went through something no one should have to go through. Well, we talk about this all the time with them, with players. They've got to, I don't want to say trick themselves. That's not the right turn of a phrase. But they need to believe they're the baddest mother in the valley every time they walk into a room. Oh, can you imagine? You, you've got to believe that you're invincible. And you you get athletic arrogance from that. So you get guys that are washed up that don't know they're washed up. You get guys that can't really do it anymore but still think they can. I think I'm the same guy that at 23 could you know, have a vertical jump of 40 inches and bench press 400 pounds and do all this, that, and the other. That took away that toughness. That took away the invincibility. Because, again, it wasn't, it wasn't like this horrifying, you know, once-in-a-trillion-helmet-to-helmet collision where – it was a, a tackle. Yeah. It was a, a tackle in the secondary. And that, yeah, it was not the play that I think we've all feared for a long time could lead to something tragic. It was just second down. You know what I mean? Yes. Like it was it was so innocuous in nature. And he stood up. I mean, every, everything yeah. was normal. And then when he fell, the world changed in a lot of ways. Uh, we want to know what your experiences were like last night as you were viewing this and what was going through your mind, if you'd like to contribute to the conversation. At 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor listener lines here on Grant and Danny. Sal Capaccio, who is the sideline reporter for the Bills, is going to stop by. Uh, he was on field level, and more importantly for the conversation we want to have, uh, knows DeMar Hamlin a little bit. And we just want to find out about the person who we're all rooting for and pulling for. Many of, I would say, our listeners, many people that follow and cover the league didn't even know who he was before last night. You're listening to Grant and Danny. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there 
to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With Danny, I'm Grant. You are listening to The Fan. Top of the hour. We'll get you your more traditional and normal version of this show. The Commanders unveiled a new mascot. We've got some thoughts. We will take your temperature on Major Tutty. Came running out of the tunnel to make sure his did. debut this Sunday. But uh, we are doing something much more important, I think, and much more Serious right now, which is discussing last night's scene as DeMar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills, a second-year safety at the University of Pittsburgh, made a tackle, went to the ground, ended up needing to be resuscitated on the field. Uh, the defibrillators came out. I don't know exactly the medical term, but they used those and gave him CPR. He was rushed to the hospital, which is about a 10-minute drive away. The scene was was really uh, unlike anything as a sports fan I've ever seen. Stephon Diggs took an Uber, went over to the hospital, had to talk his way in to a security guard as his teammate because he wasn't related to him, but said he wasn't going to leave him. And, and it sounded like basically made it seem like he would just stand outside and wait. Some of the Bills flew back. Some of them stayed behind. And now they wait like the family that has released a statement today thanking everyone for their support. As Damar Hamlin remains, according to the hospital and the Bills' latest update, in critical condition after suffering cardiac arrest. Just a really, really scary scene. And uh, I I will say there's no good that comes out of this, I I don't think. But I am always pleased to see in these moments that there is some good still. Yep. I I think sometimes anymore, I'm too negative, I think, and I'm going to try to work on that in 2023. Your your boy just, you know, I, I get down on stuff now because I think people are generally worse than we used to be as a society. I really believe that. But last night is a reminder that good still comes, you know, from communities like social media, right, where someone found this charity that he had done. Started it in college, by the way, not yep. even as a professional. That's the, that's the most amazing it's part. Amazing, right? When he was at Pitt to get kids in the inner city in Pittsburgh toys for the holidays, and I think it was sitting at, like, 3.5 million last I saw. And it's, but it was like at three grand or something when people found it, and it's up to $3.5 million in donations. Like that kind of thing, let alone the outpouring of support and, and people saying and doing the right things, that's heartwarming. But I, you just hope for his family that he gets to celebrate and be part of all of the good that came from the bonding over him last night in the days ahead. Yeah, I, I just I just don't know where you go. I, I don't know what you do. I don't know what the right answer is for anybody. You know, I, I mean, it's because we were watching it live. It 
remind you again, I, I can't help but escape some of these memories as, as we're sort of sitting there waiting for information and you know the anchors are doing their best to kind of move it forward. Joe Buck is saying whatever. I, I think back to some of the, the, the craziest and worst things that we've seen. Like post 9-11, no one had any idea. How do, what do, is it okay to tell a joke yet? Can we do sports? No one knew. Like I don't know what anyone's supposed to do right now. Let's go to Troy and Silver Spring on Grant and Danny. Hey, Troy, how are you? I'm well. How are you? What's up, bud? So um, I lost my son in a car wreck in uh, the summer of 2021. Um, he had just graduated high school. Um, and five days later, him and his one of his friends were, were gone. Um, and I can tell you that watching that last night and seeing him collapse in the CPR, my first thoughts were with his parents. Mm. Um, because what we have seen is that the outpouring of love comes out from everybody. And of course it does. But over time, it still just becomes that core group of people, maybe a best friend, maybe, you know, the parents, the sisters, you know, brothers and all that. But it's really, you know, those, those that inner circle is the tightest and people will tend to forget, which hurts, but it's a common thing. We've all done it in our lives with other people. Um, you know, the fact that he had a charity set up and people are donating, like you said, the humanity is there. You know, we did the same thing with our son because we wanted to make sure that his, that they didn't die in vain. And we set up a scholarship fund at his high school um, and people donated just automatically. It blew up to like $80,000 and then it died down over time. And there's a few donations here and there. But, you know, the parents are the ones that if, if they lose him, which I hope they don't, is the hardest thing in the world that a parent has to go through because it's, it's not natural. It's out of order. There's not a word for it in the English language, you know, of what it is for you to lose a child. So that was my initial response last night was I was like, Oh my God, his poor parents. Thank you. So sorry, man. Thank you for sharing that. I'm sorry. Um, As you said, there's really nothing that can be said, but yeah, his mom. I saw almost immediately someone circulated a video because it was only a few tweets down mm-hmm. on his account. It was from a couple games ago, and it was like family first, and it was him running over and hugging his mom, and she was so happy. Like, the joy she had jumping up and down, hugging him with her sideline pass and the pride she must have had wearing her son's jersey, who sixth-round picks don't start the next year, right? I mean, on a team that is the favorite to go to the Super Bowl and, and some injuries led him to get on the field and he's their leading tackler. And I just can't imagine what this ride's been like for them watching all his work for years. He came uh, the way he told the story in an interview I saw last night from a, a pretty tough uh, upbringing and tough community to, to kind of work his bleep off mm-hmm. so that he could do this. And he made it. And his whole goal was to make sure that he helped people from where he came from that helped him. And I, I just... You know, seeing that video with his mom and how happy she was pregame, how could you not think about what is going through her mind? Uh, Chris is in Gaithersburg. Hello, Chris. What's up, Chris? Hey, how's it going, guys? Going well. Um, Listen, yeah, you know, as a parent myself, um, and uh, having gone through losing a child at a very young age, um, that's the worst thing. That's the worst thing you can possibly imagine. Um, and my, my thoughts are out for his, his family and, uh, God, 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 I hope he, he has a speedy recovery and can, can live a normal life. Um, now that being said, I, I think I'm going to be a little bit of the bad guy here because, 
you know, I, I, you know, I feel a little bit that, you know, when, when somebody like this or in a situation like this, when, when you're in the national football league getting paid more than most people will ever see in their lives to do something that you love and have a passion for. And the risk for injury is, is, is very high. I mean, I mean, you know, the, the, in the sport itself, we wear a helmet. Um, and to, to, to see this happen, you know, I, I'm, I'm a little shocked of, of just how, how, how we, how the public is in shock that this could happen. And, and, and I tell you, you know, coming from a, you know, uh, I've, I've come up in martial arts and, and mixed martial arts, uh, my whole life. And I, I've seen this happen a lot where if somebody takes a blow to the chest, which it looks like it, it what happened, there is very often a chance of heart failure. Um, hence, when sometimes when people's uh, hearts have stopped, people sure. you know punch them in the chest to try to get that heart going. But again. you said, Chris, um, you said you're surprised by how surprised people are. This has yeah, never I happened mean, I, before. I mean, we all watch well, football it, every single weekend. We've watched some of us hundreds, some of us thousands. I'm sure there's someone somewhere that's watched hundred thousand football games if they're old enough. This has never happened. You're right that there's a risk for injury, and thank you for your call, and I'm sorry, very very much sorry for your loss. But you're right. You sign up for injury. You sign up for torn ACLs, and you sign up for an Achilles getting ripped apart, and you sign up for limping when you're 35 or 40. You might even sign up for brain trauma, frankly, knowing what you know now. You're, You're signing up for possible CTE. You are willing to risk paralysis. I think all of those things are real. You're not signing up for CPR on the field. Uh, you know, you're not signing up for an ambulance driving out and the defibrillator is being brought out. So if if the point was, I wish we could shed more light on folks like my uncle, for example, who was a coal miner, where and he's long past, where your life expectancy is just much lower than everybody else, right? Because you're you're doing something so inherently dangerous that doesn't get the spotlight, doesn't get all the, all the attention. Okay, well, this just happened on national television, right? So we're all we're all tuning in for one spectacle. The tragedy is in front of us. If they televise my uncle going down to the coal mine where a tragedy occurred, I expect we might have a similar outpouring. Just, you know, yeah. national interest. So I understand your point generally there, but I, I, I'm sorry. That's the way of the world. Everybody was watching it, and it's unprecedented. I mean, it has never yeah. happened. And I get that he says stuff like this does happen, and you mentioned – you know that there was a lacrosse kid. And there, there are high school football players that tragically yeah. dropped dead running in practice and games. I mean, this kind of thing around the country has happened. It has never happened in the NFL on national TV, let alone even the difference between say a one o'clock game versus Monday Night Football. I mean, is astronomical, right? right? The the entire country was watching last night. Sal Capaccio, who's a sideline reporter for Bills Radio, is going to stop by top of the hour. We'll turn our attention back locally to the local football team. We're Grant and Danny. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. With Danny, I'm Grant. This is The Fan. Beltway Blitz at 4 o'clock today on the teams in town you care the most about, including the Capitals, who are in action at Capital One Arena at 7.05. TJ Oshie back in the lineup will be huge to get him back. Coming up in 15 minutes at the top of the hour, a lot of people have thoughts on the Commanders' Week 17 unveiling of a brand-new mascot. Of course, their Week 18 plan is to retire Sonny Jurgensen's uniform. Uh, His jersey will uh, hang from... The FedEx Field uh, stanchions, but how many Commanders fans will be there? We'll get into that next hour. Right now, we wanted to bring Sal Capaccio on. He is the sideline reporter and a beat reporter covering the Buffalo Bills. We just wanted to get to know DeMar Hamlin a little bit better and to get some vibes from the sideline last night. Sal, it's good to have you back on the show. It's awful that it's under these circumstances. You know, we've been talking about this in the first hour of our program today. It really changed. I think how a lot of us uh, view football, and hopefully everything works out. But you were watching this game. It was the game of the year. Everything changed in the blink of an eye. What can you tell us about your vantage point? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, That's exactly right. You know, that as oftentimes you just see injuries on the field, Um, you know, the game goes on. Right. I mean, this was such a unique and unprecedented situation because it was so awful. And, you know, no one really kind of ever prepares for a situation like this. So my job as a radio network sideline reporter, you know, I'm trying to give the information to listeners what's going on in the field during the whole ordeal from the start of the injury all the way through the process of ultimately postponing the game. But I'm also, you know, part of what's happening on the field and seeing it and processing it all. And I'm going to be honest with you, like today might even been harder to, to think back and deal with it than last night, because last night I was kind of working and talking about it. And now I'm going back and reliving some of the images and thinking about all these things today. And I'm even seeing things on TV that I didn't see on the field last night as much as I saw. Uh, so it was a obviously really surreal, really emotional situation for everybody that's involved in something you could never plan for or prepare for and hope that you never see and hope that I never do again. Sal, as as we all found out more about DeMar Hamlin, it, it's hard not to be just so wildly impressed with the young man. His story, his journey, and and you know, how obviously beloved uh, he seems to be by the community in Buffalo, his teammates, and, and, and everyone else. What can you tell us about him? Yeah, he's a great young man. He really is. He's only 24 years old, been in the league a couple of years. I remember when he was drafted, and Todd McShay said, I guarantee you he'll make this Bills roster, even though it's already a really – loaded roster just last year, you know, a team with Super Bowl aspirations, he said, because he's going to come in and he's going to play his tail off and bust his butt on special teams and he's physical and he really fits what they want in Buffalo. And that's exactly what he did. And, you know, he's behind two all-pro safeties and Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, but it didn't matter. He came to work every day and um, does his job and fits in really well with the culture and the organization and exactly what they look and what they call Bill's DNA. But, you know, I always say, guys, you know, we're not, we're not Washington. We're not New York or LA or Chicago. We're Buffalo. We're a smaller city. Um, there, here, the, the community is such a, 
an ingrained part of the team and vice versa. The team is such an ingrained part of the community, as you know, and Bill's Mafia and all that. But when players come here, they become a part of this community community very quickly. And DeMar has done that. And you've seen the foundation that he has, and you see the charitable work that he's done. And that goes you know, back in his hometown near Pittsburgh, back here in Buffalo. He's done a lot of different things. And he's already kind of established himself as one of those guys, which is great. I will tell you, he's all about ball at the facility. Off the field, obviously really good personality. You see that. It comes out. You know how much he's loved. But, man, he is – He's a guy that's really respected for how much he just cares about football and wants to be a part of you know what they're doing on the field. And quick story on that is after he took over for Micah Hyde this year, because he got, he got thrown into having to start and having to play. And you know Micah got hurt. All of a sudden he's playing. They win a game. I go on the field and I always get one post-game like interview walking off the field after they win. And it's usually not like a Josh Allen or a Stephon Diggs. They're doing national network stuff. So I try to find somebody, and I, I walked up to DeMar. I'm like, okay, yeah, DeMar just played this big role for the first or second time in his life, you know, in the NFL, win the game. And I walk up, and I said, DeMar, DeMar, got time for a, a you know, radio on-air uh, live interview. And he kind of looked at me totally funny. Like, he's like, no, no, I'm good. And I don't think he realized, like, I said, DeMar, in nine years I've been doing this, you'd be the only person to say no after winning a game to walk off the field to a radio interview. And he goes, oh, okay, I got you now. He didn't understand because he's so unassuming, he wasn't yeah. used to that role and being thrust into the spotlight like that. And by the way, once we started talking, he was terrific. He's great to talk to. I'm sure. Sal Capaccio, who is on the Bills beat, is their sideline reporter. So only have a minute and a half or so left. But, you know, obviously we're waiting for an update. I don't necessarily think you've heard anything that we haven't uh, seen reported yet. If you have anything, please tell us. But I am curious what's next for the Bills here. I mean, some of the members are still in Cincinnati of the organization, right? Um, I believe only Brandon Bean stayed back last night. Maybe people from the medical team. Okay. But as far as I know, as far as any coaches or front office or players, players all got back on. I was on the team charter last night. Everybody came back. In fact, we, st- we sat on the bus outside the stadium for probably over an hour and, you know, didn't really know what was going on. And, you know, we're just waiting for cues on what was happening. And then we finally left. And I believe that was because they were waiting for some of the players and coaches to come back from the hospital. Sal, this is great information, man. Again, I wish it was under better circumstances. But really appreciate the time today, buddy. You got it, man. Thank you. Thanks, Sal. There's Sal Capaccio who covers the Bills. That community, by the way, is, yes. is there a better, more tight-knit fan base in a small market, so to speak, to wrap their hands around that organization? And while we're talking about fan bases, how about that stadium and the Bengals fans last night? That was beyond incredible. Like first class all the way around. So, you know, as word spreads, obviously people have their phones and it, it took a second, I'm sure. But there's there was none of that, the, the groaning sounds. What's going on? Like, what are we waiting for? Like, none of that kind of stuff. It was just instantaneous. So they recognized something was very, very, very wrong and rose to the occasion, I thought. We will discuss anything that develops and breaks on this Damar Hamlin uh, ongoing fight in a hospital in Cincinnati as uh, hopefully we hear good news sometime while we're on the air today. Look, there is no good transition, so I'll just tell you next, we'll do something less important. Uh, we're going to talk about the Commanders and the football season remaining here in Washington, D.C., right here on Grant and Danny on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 